I, I mean, I feel good about it, but I only have a couple of minutes okay. for my part. So, so let's put that in I the middle. Stop burping. That's going to be a problem. Okay. It hasn't stopped you before. <laughs> Welcome to Unimed's Innovation Overground, where we dig into some of those amazing academic discoveries and innovations that we often hear about but never seem to touch our lives in any real meaningful way. We want to look at some of those innovations and maybe figure out how we might be able to push those across the finish line so they become actual things. Thanks, Brent. Um, Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. We're sponsored by Unimet, the Technology Transfer and Commercialization Office for University of Nebraska Medical Center and UNO. I'm joined by Tyler Scher and Joe Rungi. Tyler is a PhD licensing associate in our office. Hey, Tyler, how's it going? Good. How you doing, Charlie? Not bad. And uh, Joe is our entrepreneurial werewolf and uh, was it Dr. Law? <laughs> Law, dog. <laughs> Law dog. Dr. Law dog. Dr. Law dog. How's it going, Joe? It's going great, Charlie. Um, <clears throat> all right. So with that said, um, do you have anything you want to tell our listeners? I do. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a rating. Please leave a review. We'd love to hear what you have to say and are doing a better job of engaging our listenership. Also, please take a moment to check out the feature technology in the program notes. Every week, it's something awesome, but this week, especially, especially so. Yes, we want to point out and, and illustrate all the great things that universities are doing everywhere, not just at the University of Nebraska, but all over the place. So with that said, Tyler, you know, we saw in the World Herald, the Omaha World Herald had a really cool story about the biomechanics department here at UNO, University of Nebraska at Omaha. Yeah. And they're working on that. Uh, they had a kid. They they built like a prosthetic arm so a kid could play the cello. Yeah, that's well, you, right. You were involved with that. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Tangentially, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, never mind. I get get to work with the. I get to work with these awesome (laughs) researchers that do these very cool projects. Yeah. So this was, uh, this this was uh, an awesome collaboration. So the 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 story is there was a a fourth grader um, in Lincoln, Nebraska, who was born without his left hand, and uh, he's been just a real go getter um, throughout his life, apparently, and decided that he wanted to learn how to play the cello. Uh, So his parents Hmm. were. We're, we're going around trying to figure out how they could help him with this. Um, and they managed to get connected to Dr. Jorge Zuniga at UNO Biomechanics and his team. Um, and they, so, they decided so for to take our on listeners, the project. Just, sorry, real quick. The, yeah. For our listeners, Zuniga developed a, a prosthetic arm called Cyborg Beast. Cyborg what, Beast. And what he did was he, he, he looked at – he had a friend, I think, back in – he's from Bolivia? Does it No. No, Chile. 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 Yeah, yep. he's from Chile. And he had a friend, I think, who was born without an arm or without a leg, I think, and he wanted to play. No, he was born without an arm, wanted to play baseball, which is kind of weird in Chile because everybody wants to play soccer down there. Sure. But anyway, he, he designed this arm with his friend in mind, and he showed Jorge, showed his son, hey, what do you think of this? And he said it was perfect. It, had, it, was, it looked just like a human hand, it, you know, with nail details, you know, and yeah. all that stuff. And his, his son, who I think was five or six at the time, said, Dad, yeah. that's terrible. Yep. It looks like a human arm. And Jorge yeah. was like, yeah, that's the idea. He's like, no, you need to make it look like a robot arm. And so he did that, and that's how he made Cyborg Beast. And then that was then used to make, like, the Iron Man arm that, that was, that yeah, was, was given the, that Florida kid. It was the foundation for that. Right. Yep. It, I mean, it's the number one downloaded 3D printed prosthetic in the world. And so now so. the same guy is working on this this cello arm yeah. you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So so his lab – so he, he works with a team of physical therapists, um, prosthetists from Innovative – 
um, prosthetics and orthotics in Nebraska. It's a, a local company. Um, and then as well as really talented graduate students. So with this particular project, he didn't have the bandwidth actually to handle it himself, just passed it off to some of his graduate students. And one of them, uh, James Pierce, kind of took the lead on it. There were a few students that did this. Uh, and within, it, it was crazy how quickly they were able to come up with uh, a, a fitted prosthetic that could actually uh, help the kid play the cello. So it they, was a couple months, wasn't within, it? Within 30 days. Within 30 Holy days, cow. they had a 3D scan of, uh, actually just a few pictures of the kid's affected limb. Yeah, why don't you talk about that, Tyler? That's always really impressive because like getting prosthetics to fit usually requires yeah, a lot have. of data, and, and they do it with like two photos, right? Yeah, they can actually, yeah. So, yep, you're right. That's a good point, Joe. So, so the, you know, the the um, really expensive way to do this, the more, the super accurate way to do this would be to have a really expensive $50,000 3D scanner and get this really accurate scan to create a model of the affected limb and then you and then you 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 3D model your your print to actually fit around that limb perfectly. So um, Zuniga and his team developed a way to do this with just a few pictures, actually just 2D images and a couple of measurements. Um, with with a ruler, really, and so they, is they that have part a, of the thing behind the cyborg beast um, prosthetic that he developed. Is that the same thing behind that, or is this different technology that you're talking about now? No, he's he's open sourced the uh, way to have your cyborg beasts fit fit the affected limbs as well using this sort of method okay. as well. So yeah, yeah, yep. So uh, so no no special. It doesn't it doesn't require the the really expensive technology anymore. Most people can now take a picture. With uh, in this case, probably with a smartphone, um, send it through electronic mail, um, <laughs> and then within a within a day, what will um, they think of next? <laughs> electronic mail. Within a day, James probably already had um, the uh, already had a, a, a scaled model of of at least the the, the part of the prosthetic that was, that was going to fit the socket anyway. Wow. So the real beauty of this invention, though, is is having these these um, having some sort of um, end effector that could accommodate a cello bow. By end effector, you mean something like a hand? Something like a hand, but okay. but in this case, um, we, so it's there are some researchers working on ways to basically make robot hands that can do all the things that our hands can do. But the much leaner, more elegant solution, actually, and much cheaper, actually, too, is just to create task specific end effectors so okay. so just all they needed was all they needed to do is figure out exactly what the hand is doing when it's playing a cello with a bow and then you just design something that can do that that can do that can do just that okay hey i'm, I'm gonna start a bluegrass band called <laughs> unstoppable greg and the end effectors <laughs> that's that sounds good okay yeah. go on are, are you, <laughs> as long as you have a fiddle <laughs> oh no i'm banjo but yeah okay <laughs> hey uh, any fiddlers out there you're looking for a thing we got t-shirts. Yeah, so so the engineers <laughs> broke down exactly the what what the biomechanics of of, of using the bow to play a, st a stringed instrument are, and they tried to um, internalize that into a, a 3D printed rigid structure. Um, and with with, with one trial and error, fit. I've never seen this thing work. So I imagine there's like a hinged clasp that holds the bow. Yeah, more or less. Okay, yeah, yeah. is it like on two parameters, like turns and? flexes yeah okay. yeah actually you're right it has to be able to accommodate motion in, in at least two i think i know a bit about cellos it's just two directions yeah yeah because from a different thing, when you're playing it's not from the bluegrass man i, I 
<laughs> thanks for thanks for clarifying. I just have side projects. And I and I've never played and I'm horrible at playing instruments. Not musically talented. I can't carry a, a tune. Um, so so I really don't have any personal experience. Now but know your I, I've been yeah. I've been told that in order to to when you're you're actually you're playing when you're playing that stringed instrument, it's not moving in a straight line. It's actually moving in in an arc. Yeah. Or or a parabola. So they needed to. to uh, create something that would accommodate that sort of range of motion, which they did. They did one fitting um, with the kid, had him tested out, um, took some notes, and made a few changes, and then they gave him the finished product within 30 days. So, or his money back. No, it was entirely free. This was a free. <laughs> oh my God, I was gonna make the same joke. <laughs> Beat you to it that time, no, Mister Bluegrass. <laughs> Good. Well, that's back. really cool. Have we heard any feedback? Then is there are there, are there more? Um, more designs or more plans for, for this particular design, I should say? Yeah. So um, the, the inventors really want to do a full suite of, of end effectors. So everything from, um, you know, like paddles or kind of a kind of a curved hand for swimming to a special grip for riding bikes um, to um, some special grips for various team sports. Well, hold on a second. The paddles for rackets. swimming, that sounds like an unfair advantage. Uh, so some of this, if you're competing, could technically be considered not <laughs> yeah. fair advantage sure i well, mean that was like a huge thing with like blade runner with right? the blades oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yep yep the, guy, the south african runner? Historic, yeah we yep, yep. we're gonna stop talking about it at that point yeah, yeah. but yeah. The, you there's, know there's like there's an, an additional issue that comes with that <laughs> his band we don't play with them no. um but the uh yeah and, and like the olympics lawyers were all like you know do those count as legs and i mean like what a cool dilemma right you yeah. know Oh wait, we made a prosthetic that makes the guy with no legs run too fast. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you know that's when you do a victory lap. Right? Yeah, in this case, we're not talking about um, trying to win Olympic medals. We're just talking about trying to give kids joy, right? We're just trying to give kids joy. Well, yeah, thanks for making me feel like a jerk. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> more than usual. <laughs> so, like, the way it would work is if if I had a prosthetic lower arm, right? Would I have like a suitcase? You know, full of like various attachments. Basically, and these are made to be to be able to. That's pretty awesome. Like in your closet. Yeah. What am I feeling like today? <laughs> yeah. Do I want the harpoon throwing one? Do I want <laughs> the banjo picking let's, one? Let's, let's Do I want <laughs> the harpoon? This is at Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you, you could be you could be fishing with the <laughs> spear fishing. I don't know. Gosh, thanks for making me feel like a jerk. <laughs> Tyler's just making friends today. <laughs> Uh, oh no for harpoons you just modify the javelin throwing (laughs) yes there you go need the harpoon adjustments the number seven (laughs) so they have to have particular ones in mind that they want to make yeah yep so i i I rattle off a few of them ready Uh, bike riding i think is probably the next one okay um yeah that's really hard um and then various team sports as well so either you could have a special hand for that would help with basketball or for playing baseball um, yeah, it's cause I mean, so the same kid plays baseball. He was actually, he pitches somehow. Um, and so he, he, he just held his glove. Well, there's, uh, there's he, a, he, he, there, there was a major league pitcher. Yeah, Jim with, Abbott. Yeah. Yeah. Was a major league baseball player with one arm played for the Yankees. Got very quick at moving his glove from hand yeah. to hand. He's or, actually right, a really good defensive player as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 So they don't want, uh, the, the goal is so kids don't have to do that. Don't have to. Don't have to accommodate and learn how to do that, but they just actually have technology that fits their lifestyle. That's amazing. Those guys, um, those guys have any other projects going on related to these prosthetics? 
Yeah, so they're also uh, doing a, a, a hybrid arm. So um, currently, there's sort of two means of, of moving a prosthetic. Um, that's either either uh, either body powered or or motor driven with either probably a battery, some sort of electricity, well, right? So cyborgs. So what they wanted to do is yeah, and then the, the, those those motor driven prosthetics, as you can imagine, are really heavy. Yeah, very heavy. So they're not ergonomic. Um, also, really expensive, and that battery life is also a factor as well. Sure. Um, so what they what they were hoping to do with this hybrid arm is kind of take the best of both worlds. Um, also, Zuniga is really pioneering a lot of research in uh, um, prosthetic use, especially among children. So there's a huge uh, rejection rate. So a child gets fitted with a prosthetic. They love it for like two weeks, kind of like when you get them a new toy, and then they stop using it. And he's trying to figure out exactly why. And some of the preliminary findings seem to indicate that <laughs> Um, uh, if they're not sufficiently engaged with it and if they don't, they have to kind of, uh, um, bring it on and, and actually feel like it's an extension of their body. Um, which was, you know, that was part of the reason why he went with that clever sort of design and name originally with the cyborg beast. Right. You, 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 he found out that if, if very early on, I guess, if the kids take ownership of it, they're more likely to use it. Right. So. So with this hybrid arm, um, so the the point, the reason why I brought that up with with the motor driven prosthetics, um, if if the prosthetic is basically doing everything for you, the uh, kids are less likely to use it. Um, with really? if you're if you're actually if you actually are are, are actively engaged in it and, and using it, um, uh, there seems to be some early indications that kids are more likely to adopt it and bring it on as actual part of their body. Uh, other big motivations were again to cut weight to make it more ergonomic. So they're always trying to balance the, so what the, does the weight hi- of the affected and unaffected. So limbs. what does this hybrid arm do? In what way does it yeah. work the best of both worlds? Yeah. So so it, so the user still has to do body powered um, hand closing. So when when you're gripping with the prosthetic hand, you still have to use your 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 elbow, for example, or your wrist in order to flex the prosthetic itself to close the fingers. Uh, but it, it adds on a layer of, of, of motor-driven um, grip so that you can have some help. So if you have to carry something for a long distance, you, you don't get fatigued. You mm. can have you can push a button or use uh, EMG controls and have the motor kick in and kind of help carry it for you. Myoelectric stuff? Or yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. So just, okay. just using a, a oh, yeah. I don't know what that is. sensors on the surface. So, yeah, it's, it's a electromyography. Yep, so just, just using surface sensors. To to, oh, to so get it looks a, like the so then you like stimulation so you like you flex exactly a, you flex yeah. a muscle then and that yeah. makes it something happen exactly okay. yep yep so the same muscle for example you'd be flexing to do your body powered activation of the prosthetic would then also trigger um, if you flexed hard enough it would then trigger the motor to kick in and help you so that you don't get fatigued gotcha yeah that's cool very clever yeah. All right. So where are we? When is this stuff going to be out there and helping people? They are available for licensing and further development. You know, really at at the moment. So these are we we Fairly have both er- these technologies up on our website. Yeah, and they're, are, they're, are they re- do they need any sort of FDA or anything like that? Are they ready to go? That Tech- is that is a good question. Um, there probably is some regulatory hurdles they still need to uh, achieve. Um, I, so I think with prosthetics, actually, a lot of it is is with the material. Well, and prosthetics itself. are difficult because. You know, prosthetics aren't, for the most part, they're they're built onesie-twosie um, because they're specific to each person. And so one of the things that is really um, interesting about Dr. Zuniga's work is most of our intellectual property we think of in terms as who manufactures this kind of stuff, who can make it, and then who can pay us rent, right? 
I don't know if that's the way this is going to work so much for Jorge's stuff because there is IP, there are patentable designs, but those guys just know so much about doing it. You know, I yeah. like the Cyborg Beast is awesome, but if you've ever done 3D printing, sort of integrating something that has like more than one part into a print into like one workable device is not simple. Yeah, there's so much institutional knowledge over right. there with how to do these and do it functionally and do it well and, and I efficiently. And I think like Jorge's been really good at working with prosthetists and physical therapists to understand like what they need. And so he's really produced a valuable service. And so I think that going to market for this might actually look more like um, – you know, helping prosthetists make prosthetics less expensive. Mm. I mean, 3D printing I think that's is, exactly what he wants to do anyway, right? Right, right. Yes. Yeah, and that's what he's doing. <clears throat> I mean, Especially for, for children, yeah. So You know, it's just yeah. kind of building our commercial model around it's been tricky. Um, but, you know, Jorge's very entrepreneurial, and it's been um, it's been a, a real ride just keeping up with him. Yeah. And that's always interesting. And I will say we have had, just from our um, our advertising on our website, we have had some interest already from some of the largest prosthetic manufacturing companies in the world. So there's oh. some people taking some peeks. Yeah, Very I'll cool. point that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think unless there's anything else, I think on that note, I think it's time we come to ground. Um, we'll put some links as for as long as they're good anyway sounds like this is yeah. a hot one so we'll put some get links while, the, while it lasts <laughs> we'll put the links up at least some cool stuff so you can get a look at it on the on the program notes thank you for joining us on behalf of tyler share joe ruggie i'm charlie Litton, saying thank you for joining us on the innovation overground